0: All right, how are we doing tonight, Reckless? Give it up for my really hot husband that just carried the table out for me. He's so cute. (laughs) Okay, well, my name is Lindsay Wells, and I am the student ministry intern here at Westridge. I've actually been coming to Reckless for the past seven years, both as a student and as a leader. Um, And currently, we're in a series called We Are Reckless. So, we're basically defining what it means to be fully devoted followers of Jesus. So we've talked about this uh, series that we're in and in series in the past, because we've done this multiple years in a row, of kind of what that means. So we've talked about grace. You know, we, um, expect, we accept the grace that Jesus has given us, and we give that to other people. You know, we, when we show others the grace that he's given us, we can show them a little bit of, a little bit of Jesus. We talk about that each of us have a purpose— Jesus has given us a specific calling for our life, but we are all brought together to have the same purpose, and that is to love God and then to show others who he is. You know, we talk about how to be reckless is to have radical faith. So we are blindly trusting the Lord. You know, we are giving our whole lives to him and saying, God, this is, everything I have is yours. Take it and use it. Use me. And because of all this and because of Jesus, now we can stand in victory, to be reckless is to be fully free from your sins and to accept that freedom that we have been given from Jesus. So when I first started coming to Reckless, I didn't really have a concept of any of those things. You know, I was a follower of Jesus, but it was never like that in depth. And the reason why I even started coming wasn't to figure out what grace was, and it wasn't even to figure out, you know, what it meant to, to know Jesus with all my heart. It was actually to be around other believers. See, I didn't necessarily have the most influential people in my life when it came to my friends. Um, I had a great friend group, but we weren't really on the same level spiritually. I knew they had my back, and I knew that they were going to do whatever it takes to be there for me, but it wasn't like a friendship where I could ask them to pray with me, or, I could ask, or they could ask me, like, you know, how's your relationship with God going? And looking back, that really hurt me to not have someone that was on the same level as me spiritually in my everyday life. So to not have the people that were pointing me towards what should have been the most important relationship of of my life really made me realize one thing, and that is that your friends can make you or break you. You know, when we are investing in these people, but they're not pouring into us like how maybe Jesus would or how Jesus poured into his disciples— We're kind of left feeling a little empty. I don't know if any of you guys have ever felt like that, where you know you love and care about these people, but you guys just aren't on the same playing field when it comes to your spiritual health. I know I did, and that was really hard for me, because I loved my friends. I loved them so much, and my friend group that I had all through high school, we started in kindergarten together, and we just, like, worked our way up. So they were everything to me. We went through everything together. But when I started noticing that it, they weren't really the best people for me, it was like I was stuck between a rock and a hard place because I didn't want to say, hey, you guys, like, I'm, I'm needing a little bit more from you because not even some of my friends were believers. My two best friends in high school, they, they still don't know Jesus even to this day. And so that's, that was really hard. And if you've ever felt like that, I want you to know that when I started coming to Reckless, that's kind of when that all changed for me. For the first time, I was able to connect with other believers. And for the first time, I was given this small group that became my lifeline for me. I gained the most influential tool that I've ever had as a Christian. Even now, seven years later after coming for the first time and three years after I graduated, this thing, my small group, is still one of the most important things in my whole entire life. When I came to Reckless, I gained true community, true biblical community, for the first time ever. So as we start small groups tonight, I want to encourage you guys that this can be one of the most important things you have in your life, and it's one of the most important things we do here. We're together on Wednesday nights for two hours, and one whole hour is carved out to small groups because that's how important we think that this is. So if you're going in there giving it your all, it can be something that changes your whole life forever, because there's no way I would be standing up here in front of you today if it wasn't for my small group in high school. I truly have no idea what I would be doing. Probably, like, I don't even want to talk about it, if we're being honest. It would just be that, it would probably be that bad. So to be up here is, it's mind-blowing for me. So if this is your first time here, you're not really knowing what a small group is, it's a group of 8 to 12 people, for the most part. I know that my group of girls that I had last year, there was like 20 of them, one of me. They were loud, they were wild, they still are. But it was, it was great, like it was what made us a great small group. But the goal is to have eight to 12 people that are in the same grade and the same gender as you. And a small group can be many things. It can be a place to talk about the service that you just heard. It can be a place to talk about the week that you just had or vent about your life, talk about how your mom is annoying. I never did that to my mom, though. She's sitting in the back right there, I promise. Um, So it could just be a place where you laugh, you cry, and gain those true, genuine friendships. And if you're doing it right, it's a place for all of those things. And the key to having an important small group is simple. It's keeping it 100% revolved around Jesus. You know, he's why we're here. So why are we not making that about him? You know, we are called to love people, and we're called to show people Jesus. So if one of us is doing it, and then we multiply that by 12 with all of our small group, just imagine the difference that we can make. So like I mentioned before, we are always saying at Reckless that small groups are one of the most important things that we do here. So why is that? The first reason is, as believers, we are not called to live this life alone. We are actually called to live in community with one another. Matthew 18:20 says, "For where two or more are gathered, there am I among them." And I don't know about you, but to me, that's so encouraging. Like in this, with your friend, people that we have here, Jesus is here, y'all. Like he is with us in this room. When you're out to eat with your friend at lunch. Jesus is in the chair sitting next to you, like, just chilling with y'all. And that's just so cool to me because it makes me always want to be around other believers. It makes me always want to be around other people that share the spiritual, like, health and the spiritual love that I have. One of the second reasons is because is when we're living in community and when we're diving deep into our small groups, we are able to hold each other accountable. So think about it this way. Let's say we're, like, at a really big barbecue right now, we're grilling some burgers and we've got like the coal if that's what you use I'm not really a professional griller but if you you use the coal to um to grill your burgers and let's say we move one of the pieces of coal away from the rest it's going to like get cold and it's going to die off and it's not going to be hot anymore but when you push it back with the rest of its little buddies and you poke at it a little bit it's going to get hot again and it's going to stir up and it's going to actually use be made for its purpose or actually have its purpose. We see this in Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, and it says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. If we are living this life solo, who can we encourage, you know? Who can we draw up good works in? Who can we love? And almost more importantly, who can do the same for us? that's not selfish to admit that we need other people to pour into us. I really like hanging out with other people, you know. I like to be around others. I like to have a good time, but that drains me, like always being loud. I mean, that literally sucks all the energy out of me, so I like to be alone to refuel, and I have to remind myself, you know, I can't be a hobbit forever. I can't like, live in my room for the rest of my life. Like Bo, my husband is always knocking on the door like, are you going to come out yet? And I'm like, no, I'm not ready. You know, I just need to be alone. But I, I have to remind myself that I have to put myself out there. I have to be around other believers. So when we are together in our small groups, we are able to get the true picture of what community is. We are living out what the Bible says and what Jesus calls us to do. In my small group in high school, that's where I first started to kind of live out what the Bible was saying when it meant true, true biblical community. My small group in high school was a lifeline for me. I mean, they truly did change my life. They were a safe place for me. I told them everything. We served together at Hope for Christmas. We served at breakaways. We went to each other's sporting events. We went out to eat. My favorite memory of my high school. Um, small group, was we had a Christmas party one year, and Becky Tolbert, the first impressions leader, she was one of my leaders, and if y'all know her, you know that she is something else, Um, and so we went to her house, and her house at Christmas literally looks like the Christmas store from Elf. Um, and it's absolutely insane. She's got like three different Christmas trees. One is dedicated to the Georgia Bulldogs. One is dedicated to her schnauzers because she loves them. One is like just normal old Christmas decorations and trees. And then she literally has like presents hanging from her walls and about 20 manger scenes throughout her house. So it's literally insane. So, and then my other small group leader, Shannon says, we're going to play this game. You're, whoever can take the most Christmas decorations before Becky notices, wins. So we're grabbing ornaments. We're grabbing baby Jesus from the manger. I mean, it is crazy. And when Becky finally realizes it, she starts sobbing. I mean, like full on crying. And Shannon's like, man, that turned for the worst. And it was really horrible. But because we felt so bad, and she's really OCD about her Christmas stuff, which we know now, and I'll never do that again. But it was so funny. So it just shows that, like, you can have fun with your small groups. Your small group leader might not like it, but have fun. Just I'm just kidding. Um. So that was a, a great memory, but my favorite part of my small group was that we were all so different, but we were still had such a strong bond. So, like, there was girls I knew from my softball team that were in my small group, and so I had known them beforehand, but then there was also some girls in my small group that I probably would have never hung out with if it wasn't for that. And that's not necessarily a bad thing to admit. That's almost the beauty of it, you know? I mean, God can bring an extrovert, a football player, um, an Xbox gamer, a bookworm, and bring them all together for the kingdom, so, when we are coming in there with an open mind and able to connect with people that we might not have, like just passing in the hallways, that's when life change can happen. And that's when unity really starts to happen. And to have community, we need to have unity. And to have unity, we need to understand that the church has many different members, and not every single member has the same function or personality or purpose. We are all made differently, but we are all one body of Christ. And we see this in Romans twelve four and 5, and it says, For as one body we have many different members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. When you come to terms with the fact that Jesus created us all for unity and all to ha- be together in-, in community and love one another, that's when life change happens. So going from a student and then now to a leader of my own small group, I can tell my girls just how good your small group can be if you are actually pouring into it. It can be one of the best parts of your high school experience if you do it the right way. You get out of your small group what you put into it. And I'm going to say that again. You get out of your small group what you put into it. So if you're coming into your small group on your phone, uh, just chatting with your friends, chances are, like, it's not going to be an influential thing for you. But if you're coming into it actually willing to give your all and pour into it, it's going to be something that you value forever. Your small group can be one of the most influential resources that you have as a Christian. They are people that you can go to for anything. You can ask them anything, and they're going to build you up. We need that. And the more you invest in that, the better it will be. The more that you put into it, the more you're going to get out of it. And the more that you get out of it, the more you can take what you're learning in your small groups into your other communities. So your school, your sports teams, your family, they need you. What we're learning in small groups, it doesn't need to just stop there. You need to take that out into your school, take that out into your friends that are outside of Reckless, and you can really make a difference. So here's our main point tonight. We are reckless, a group of believers that are committed to giving everything we have and to improving our community and building relationships that are centered on Jesus. To be truly reckless, you have to be invested in your community. You can't just let it stop here. You can't just let it stop with what we're doing here on Wednesday nights. You have to take that and apply it to your everyday life. Those people need you. When you're investing in the person that you might not talk to when you're crossing them in the hallway, I mean, that could be the difference between heaven and hell for them. It's that serious. Our community is a reflection on us. How are you going to make this something that you value? How are you going to make a change in your community this school year? How are you going to show others Jesus? Let's pray together. Dear Lord, we are so thankful for you today, God. Um, I'm just so thankful that I was able to just share my heart with what um, a small group is and why it really matters with these students, Lord. I pray that they are able to just take you and change their communities, God. I pray that they are able to invest in their communities with everything they have, that they understand how important it is to be surrounded by other believers and to be surrounded by people that are going to glorify you the way they desire to do so. God, we want what you want. Please just open our hearts to whatever that is, Lord. Please just open our hearts and these students' hearts to whatever you have for them this school year, Lord. We are so thankful for you, and we are so thankful for Reckless and the opportunity that we get here to just come together with other believers and learn about you and to have this time of fellowship. Lord, we love you, we thank you, we praise you, and we always want what you want. Amen.